Hello, everyone. It's Paul from User Words Podcast. So this episode is going to be slightly different than our normal one. Me and Aaron, we did record an episode with our thoughts on what's happening in Ukraine. And as I was starting to go through the editing process on Monday, I started realizing a few things. One, some of the stuff that we had uh, when we recorded it, we recorded it on the last Saturday of uh, February. But some of the stuff that we had at the time came out on Sunday, Monday, even like right as we were finishing recording, drastically changing. And some of the stuff that we talked about just doesn't make sense in the current context. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm kind of leaning on just scrapping this and re-recording everything on myself. And then even as we're finishing recording on Saturday, we because we had talked about, hey, what would happen if Swift, if uh, Russia was kicked out of it? What are some people predicting in that? And we're like, okay, currently Germany was kind of holding out saying, no, we're not going to block Russia from Swift. And of course, all of that changed right on Saturday, right as we finished recording. And I was just like, oh, okay, I don't know what's going on. Between that and then some of the fake news slash propaganda that was coming out, and I'm not saying it's coming out from one side or the other, it's actually coming out from both sides, both from the Ukrainian side and from Russian side. You have, uh, I, I don't know if they're hackers or what group, but a group out there creating false, uh, fake Ukrainian government YouTube channels with realistic, and when I say realistic, I mean, I actually had to study the 3D model on the video for a little bit to even get a hint that it wasn't real, but very realistic 3D model of the Ukrainian president giving a speech on loop on YouTube and come to find out also the link in the description and banner for this video was uh, leading to a fake website for donations for the Ukrainian government to go figure that someone would take advantage of the crisis going on over in the Ukraine area to line their own personal pockets with money. Yeah, go figure, right? But what I wanted to talk about instead then, instead of covering like all that news and all that 90% of it turned out to be fake, was in this time of rapid news coverage that just keeps coming and coming and not stopping for whatever it's worth. We just keep getting uh, blasted with wave after wave after wave of new news. What do we do? What do we do as Christians when we see this news? And obviously, and uh, I think out of the, not, not, not the goodness of our heart, but just the fact that our hearts aren't hardened we see what's going on and our hearts hurt for the people of Ukraine. Now, I'm not saying that what's going on over there is fake at all. Uh, there's too many live streams, too many photos of families in underground subways and bomb shelters and that for this to be fake. There's too many countries involved in sending aid for this to be fake. This isn't a wag the dog type of scenario going on. That being said, even though it's not fake, there obviously is going to be pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian um, propaganda coming out, being spread for the whole purpose of you know, trying to make their side look way better. What is the truth going to be on that? 
I can't tell you right now. The, the reason I say that is there's just so much coming out from both sides that it is hard to believe everything. You have to take everything with a very large grain of salt. Take, for example, the Snake Island Defenders, the Ukrainian border guards that supposedly told the Russian warships to go F themselves when they were told to surrender. As of Saturday, the last Saturday of February, we were told that these brave men and women, I think they were actually all men, so these brave men, uh, essentially told the warships, go F yourselves, and then they were bombarded and, and all killed. Turn around two, three, two days later, and we find out what actually happened. They surrendered, and they believe now that all of them have been taken prisoner. There's other things that have happened, such as um, the ghost of Kiev, uh, Kiev, or however you pronounce it. I'm horrible with uh, I'm horrible with names in general, and so then you give me names in our language, and uh, all bets are off. But anyways, the ghost of Kiev, you have that, which was news story of this Ukrainian fighter pilot that's taken out Russian uh, fighters left and right, airplanes left and right. And then when people start looking into it, what did they find? Oh, the ghost of Kiev footage was actually a game from 2008, which I find really hard that that was able to pass the initial muster and initial verification of people, but apparently it did, and people fell for it and believed it. You also have the video um, or photo circulating online of a little girl uh, giving some flowers to Russian soldiers. Turns out that was from, this is, I can't believe I'm saying this, this was from the last time that Russia invaded Ukraine. So yes, it was a Ukrainian girl giving flowers to the Russian soldier, but that was from the last time, I believe that was back in 2014. So it it makes me ha take everything else that's coming out like that, you know, the the one the real quick clips that you get out there, you know, that get on the news or get passed around on new uh social media and that it makes me take a look at all those real quick and real hard and real deep and say is this true or not? And as a follower of Christ, that's one thing we should do is we should be, I guess you could say, investigating, interrogating all that news before we go out and share it. And I'll admit, uh, myself, I fell prey to some of those. Uh, the 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 little girl one, that I didn't fall prey to that one. The Ghost of Kiev one, that one seemed like, oh, that's pretty cool. But there was still something that gnawed at me wrong with that one. But the Snake Island one, that one, I guess you could say, passed my initial uh, smell test. And I didn't think anything of it until afterwards. And then I'm like, oh, wow, that seems very obvious now, you know. But at the same time, with that one, supposedly there was live stream video of the attack and some other things. So it seemed real believable. And that's why I said, I need a cut that out of whatever we release because it's like that turns out to be a hundred percent false going forward it's like we can't have that so as believers we need to interrogate the news before we start sharing we, we need to make sure that what we're sharing is true factual it's uh not, not lies and that it is something that i guess you could say it's something that is used 
to bring light to the world. Now, how, what do you mean by light to the world? Light to the world can be many different ways. Some people will interpret that as maybe happiness or good vibes or goodness or whatever. When I say light to the world, I mean truth. Something that helps spread the truth of what is actually going on. And that's why we need to interrogate that news before we spread it. What else do we learn by watching what's going on in the war? Well, one thing, we need to be in prayer now more than ever for what's going on here in the United States. Now, it's it's one thing to just be like, you know, God be with the Ukrainians and that. But it's another thing to realize that there are people on both sides that are losing lives for this war. And it's not popular, and it's obviously I'm not supporting what Putin has done here. But at the same time, realize that there might be people in the military there of Russia who signed up because they believed in their country. They want to be good citizens of their country and are now being asked to do the unquestionable things that they are doing. And just a side tangent for me. This is why I always have a problem when people say, but I was just following orders. If you know your orders are unjust, there's no reason to follow them. And then some people go, but that's how the military is. You have to always blind, you always have to follow the orders. You always have to do this, do what your commander says. And I guess this is just the civilian in me. And this is also the civilian in me who was harmed by the military doing this, saying, no, that is not an acceptable excuse. That will never be an acceptable excuse in my eyes either. If you know what you're doing is wrong and you just go along with what the orders are, that is just evil. People are responsible for their actions. Now, you know, if this was a thing of literal true war, you know, like Russia actually declared war, which at this time they're just calling it a whatever they're calling it, but they're not calling it war war at this point in time. You know, that that's a whole other deal because you have two sides going at each other. But when you are part of an invading force to a country that has done nothing to you, there's questions involved. And I'm sure there are I'm sure there are Russians involved in this who probably are questioning why their leaders are sending them in to invade another country like this. And if reports are to believe, again, I said, if reports are to believe, because you always have to interrogate the data, there's reports coming out that various platoons of Russian soldiers are just giving up without fighting. Are, is that valid or not? I don't know. It sounds a little propagandish from the Ukrainian side, if I'm being honest. But again, neither side is blameless in setting out propaganda at this point in time. So as Christians, we have to pray on what's going on, that prayerfully, maybe God will intervene and stop this somehow before there's an escalation further than it already has. And there's already reports as of Tuesday evening that Belarus will allow Russia to put nuclear armaments on their land, which is just a whole level of escalation beyond troops invading Ukraine. 
another point that I had thought about while, you know, just kind of digesting all the news coming here from Ukraine and the Russia ordeal is why, why I'm glad to be in America. Uh, not because I'm far away from all that's going on. Uh, don't get me wrong. I am. I, I'm, I'm not, a. I'm not one for military like that. And then I would, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be a civilian in a area like that where air sirens are, yeah, air raid sirens are going off all the time when, when uh, Russia is sending missiles into the cities. Uh, me and Aaron were recently playing a game, uh, Dying Like 2. And at when the sun sets in that game at, oh, geez, 9 p.m. or something like that, one of the things that happens is depending on the part of town you're in, air raid sirens may go off. And it's just like air raid sirens for a half hour of in-game time, just continuously going off to warn people nighttime is coming, find shelter before the zombies come out in force worse than they are during the day. And me and Aaron were playing the game and we're talking, and this was a couple of weeks before this whole Ukraine thing kicked off. And we're going, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to live in a scenario where you had to listen out for air raid sirens to tell you if something bad was coming up within the next short amount of time here. And then, of course, a couple of weeks later, what happens? Ukraine happens. And what's some of the first things you see coming out of Ukraine? You see videos of air raid sirens, of people getting to shelters, of news reporters saying, hold on. I need to go seek shelter during the middle of their broadcast as they're wearing the helmets and the vests and everything to make sure that they are safe from whatever missiles or other things are happening around them. And I can't imagine living in a scenario where that is normal, where you have kids in that scenario, where you want to make sure that they are safe. And I'm thankful I don't live in that scenario. And I pray that that isn't the scenario in Ukraine much longer. That the peace talks that uh, were happening on the Belarus border come with some fruitful fruit. Will I hold my breath because of the parties involved? No. But I can still hope and I can still pray that that does happen. But I am thankful to be in America, like I said, away from the whole scenario and everything. But it also made me realize something. Something that is different here than in a lot of other countries in the world. Here in the United States, we have the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. And that, what is happening in Ukraine is a good example of why that right should be held sacred and continue to be held sacred almost um, I'm not saying sacred as to the point of where you worship it on Sunday, but where I'm saying as in, this is what is said. This is, you know, one of the amendments that was added to the Constitution. That is the law of the land, and that's what we keep enforcing, regardless of what other people may like to enforce. You know, people always go, oh, yeah, so what are you going to do if an army invades? You have a gun, whatever. Well, look what they were doing over in Ukraine. Again, if the news was to be, is to be believed. So we have to take everything with a large grain of salt. Uh, and the reason I say is because, obviously, 
there were photos and videos coming out over the weekend of Ukrainians supposedly with cardboard rifles, as they called them. They looked very flat. So there's no context to them. So you don't know if maybe they were just in training exercises or what. All you knew is they were out there and they, some of the guns looked fake. Maybe that was just a psyops thing to against the Russians and to make them think twice about doing things. But the news stories that was coming out of Ukraine was that they were arming civilians with automatic rifles. They were also teaching the women of Ukraine how to make Molotov cocktails, including putting videos on Facebook and that so that the people of Ukraine would know how to make them so that way they could be used against the Russian soldiers. Now, whether that's true or not, I'm not 100% sure, but the lesson can still be learned. An armed citizen, an armed militia, is able to help defend. And in this case, that's what they're using for Ukraine. Besides our army, uh, the report is, again, take everything with a large grain of salt. But the report is that every man that is of fighting age, that is between the ages of 18 to 60, I believe, is not being allowed to leave Ukraine. You know, they're, the women and their children are being allowed to leave and told, hey, you know, go somewhere else safe. But men of fighting age are being asked to stay behind, which from the sound of it, they're not really having an issue. There are reports in other areas where there are Ukrainians in other countries that are close by to Ukraine that are leaving their job to go down to Ukraine to help defend it. Again, take this all with grains of salt until it's verified. Uh, read, but verify. But it shows why that Second Amendment is so important. It's such a great thing for us to keep here in the United States and such a worthy thing for us to defend. Now, I'm not saying you go and defend the Second Amendment so you can have, you know, a Waco-style number of guns so you could go and shoot up and kill. They should only be used for self-defense or hunting. That's it. Never for murder. So don't, don't. Don't anyone get that twisted out of context. Oh, you want to build up an arsenal and then become a vigilante. No one ever said that. And you're putting words in my mouth if you'd even try to assume that. But it still makes the Second Amendment very important to defend and keep going. And lastly, prayer is so important because a lot of us have no immediate means of impacting what is happening over in Ukraine other than you know, contacting our politicians and making sure that they're keeping a good pulse on it and act accordingly. But beyond that, we have no other direct impulse, uh, impact. And so at most, and it, I say at most, and it almost sounds belittling when I say it that way, at most, at most you get to talk to the one being in all of creation who has mastery over time and reality and what is happening. At most, you can talk to the creator of all. At most, you are able to talk to the one who is omnipotent, who knows what is going to happen even before we have an inkling of it. At most, we have a chance to talk to the one who loves humanity so much they send his own son to die for us. At most, get where I'm going with that? And we have a chance to ask God to intervene. Whether he will or not, don't know. 
there's a lot of people that believe that, you know, that Russia has to do this as part of the end times. And I, I'm not a scholar on that regard, and that may be true. We know as Christians that hard times are coming. We know as Christians that things will never be easy. But that doesn't mean we can't ask God for peace until the times when that has to happen. And that doesn't mean that we can't ask God to intervene and stop this, this craziness from happening over, overseas from us, but in the very backyard of some people. So take a few moments. Read the news. That's fine. Just like I said, take it off the big grain of salt. Figure out what is actually true. And you could do that via cross-referencing news between multiple sources. And then just making sure it passes that smell test. Does it does this make sense? But keep up to date on the news so you know what's going on over there or supposedly going on over there. If you know anyone from that area, check up on them. Make sure they're okay. Even if they're over here in the United States, because they probably have friends and family trapped. You know, or maybe they know someone. I'll say this as well. Because we have done poorly with this in the past in the United States. Just because someone is from Russia or is Russian descent doesn't automatically make them a supporter of what's going on. doesn't make them evil. And it doesn't mean that they should be automatically associated with all that's going on. There are a lot of Russians who are not a fan of Putin, obviously. there's, And that's going to be true of any political system where there are going to be people who are not a fan of the current leader um, going on. And they do have a very good reason not to be a fan of Putin, obviously. And they, those people may be overseas in Russia or they may be here in the United States. In the United States, they may be your neighbor. They may be small business owners. You know, if there are like let's say a Russian restaurant near you and it's a family-owned thing, don't automatically assume that they are Putin's Russia and want to destroy America because that's probably not the case 99.99999% of the time. So don't automatically ascribe malice to those that malice shouldn't be ascribed to. Finally, like I said, pray. It seems like such a little thing, but yet it can have such a big impact. Especially when all of us, regardless of denomination, regardless of, you know, how we pray, what style that may be. But when we ask God to intervene, Maybe, just maybe he'll do something miraculous for us. And maybe he'll do something miraculous for the people of Ukraine and Russia and bring an end to this war. Maybe he'll soften the hearts of those leaders causing the conflict. And maybe, just maybe, no more blood has to be shed for this. The situation is going to continue to change rapidly. Things are going to happen, but don't lose hope. 